We're taking care of things right now. The Wesley Fields. Touchdown. Georgia Southern. Pass swings. On the way. It's gone! It is well with my stolen Montgomery! Georgia Southern wins! Hi, this is Nathan Dominance, your host for Georgia Southern Extra, where we talk Georgia Southern football. And my special guest today is Tim Buckley. He is the beat writer for the Daily Advertiser in Lafayette, Louisiana. Tim, say hello. And, and how long have you been covering the uh, Raging Cajuns? Hey, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm uh, in my 10th season covering the Cajuns for the Advertiser down here in Lafayette. Okay. Well, you got me. I'm the inverse. I'm on my first year in full, full transparency here. So first year covering Georgia Southern. I've been uh, in town for 13 years. So I've been aware of uh, the Eagles, of course. Um, and this week they're playing Louisiana on Saturday in Lafayette. But uh, let's catch everybody up on the season so far. It's been kind of a extremely interesting path for both teams to get to this point. Uh, Louisiana is 2-0. and And tell me about uh, each of their games and um, where they are in the rankings right now. Well, extremely interesting probably is an understatement for how uh, 2020 <laughs> has gone so far. But in any event, uh, the Cajuns are actually – ranked uh, number 25 in the uh, Amway Coaches Poll, uh, and they are 19 in the AP Top 25. Um, they broke into the national rating rankings with uh, upset win at Iowa State, uh, 31-14 win uh, up there in Ames, and it was their first ranking since 1943. Uh, believe it or not. Just, uh, think about that. That's incredible. That's um, it's before the kids were, the players were born before the parent players, parents were born before most of the boosters were born. Right. It's just so long ago. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it really is unbelievable to think about. In fact, the, uh, the quarterback for, uh, and they weren't even known as the Cajuns back then. They were known as the, the Bulldogs, the uh, SLI Bulldogs uh, was, and baseball fans out there may know the name. Uh, Elvin Dark went on to uh, uh, both play on and manage a uh, a World Series winning team, a former manager of the uh, of the Oakland Athletics. In any event, we digress already right off the bat here. Uh, they had the big win at Iowa State, broke in at number 21 in the uh, coaches poll, 19 in AP poll, and they stayed at 19 after they went over to Atlanta and uh, and beat Georgia State in a pretty crazy one that went into overtime, uh, ended up getting 164 yards and a couple touchdowns, including the game winner from Elijah Mitchell, who uh, – who somebody's NFL team probably is going to draft in, in 2021. And mm-hmm. uh, they actually, after the win, dropped in the coaches' poll, of course, because the Big Ten teams are included in that poll now. They're not included in the AP poll. So the And, and the fact that Georgia State was like a 14-point underdog, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, they, they the Cajuns, they really got off to a slow start, and they attributed it. It to to several things. Um, one of which was, you know, frankly, the the come down from uh, 
all the hullabaloo over over being ranked, but uh, they had some issues on the offensive line as well, and that that played a played a part. But uh, they made some halftime adjustments. Um, they got their air game going, and that really opened things up uh, on the ground for them. They had the number six uh, uh, Russian attack in the country last year. Um, with they used to call it their three-headed monster. Well, they lost one of the three heads to the monster. Uh, he, he went in the seventh round of uh, of this year's draft, Raymond Calais Jr., drafted by Tampa Bay, and then he ended up signing uh, after he got waived with uh, with the Rams. And uh, they got the other two back, Mitchell, who I mentioned, and Trey Regis, but they plugged somebody right into the Raymond Calais spot by the name of Chris Smith, who uh, – Actually ran a kickoff back for a touchdown at Iowa State, so he's he's a he's a burner just like uh, just like Calais is. Um, and uh, but it took them something to get that ground game going against Georgia State, and then once they did, they were in a lot better shape after the break. The uh, the fact that they went to Iowa State was number twenty three in the country at the time. Of course, early season rankings are basically exactly what they are. People haven't seen teams yet, and like you mentioned, without the Big Ten and the Pac. 12 and uh, other schools not participating. Uh, so at this point, the uh, rankings are a little stilted, but uh, Iowa State was supposed to handle uh, Louisiana uh, being at home, being ranked. So the Sun Belt, I maybe we want to get into this right now. This, what's the, what is the view, do you think, of nationally, uh, especially pollsters, voters, of the Sun Belt before what happened that Saturday night? Because then we'll talk about after that. But it was three Big 12 matchups against three Sunbelt teams, right? It was um, Louisiana against uh, Iowa State, uh, Arkansas State against Kansas State, and Coastal Carolina against Kansas. And they were familiar with each other because Coastal Carolina had beat them the year before. But the Big 12 was is a Power 5 conference uh, and uh, and uh, supposed, to, supposed to win these games, right? Well, absolutely. You know, if you go back several years um, – you know, the, the Sun Belt, frankly, has always been been looked down on, has been for, for quite some time, kind of lumped in uh, for quite a while there, maybe the, the lower echelon of the group of five teams uh, with the MAC teams as well. Um, but frankly, that started to change when, when you introduced uh, Appalachian State and, and Georgia Southern into mm-hmm. the conference after they make the jump up from uh, FCS. And, you know, Appalachian State finished last season uh, ranked. I think they ended up number 20 in uh, AP poll, if, uh, if memory mm-hmm. serves. Nice. And so I think for the the upper half, because uh, it's, it's a top-heavy conference, I think for the upper half of the conference, there's a lot more respect. And that's the group that includes the Cajuns, that includes Appalachian State, that includes – Arkansas State, and it includes, uh, to some degree, uh, certainly uh, uh, Georgia Southern as yeah, well. I, I think there's a lot more respect for that group. Yeah, and and then you have the occasional mention of a Georgia State beating Tennessee or or uh, Coastal Carolina, which I don't think people know where that is. You know, it's it's kind of you know, is it in North Carolina? Is it in South Carolina? You know, these it, there's just not a lot of history. Uh, for a lot of these teams, uh, Georgia Southern has history, but it's at a, a different level, not at this level. Uh, Appalachian State people remember they knocked off Michigan, right? Was that like 20 years ago? <laughs> it I seems think. like yesterday, but it was yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. So the Sun Belt, um, you know, it, it it doesn't have the reputation, but it had a big night. I think oh, I read um, a national writer referred to it as 
maybe the biggest night in Sunbelt history. So, you know, give them credit for that. Do you think they're going to be coming down to earth a little bit just uh, based on your years of observation that they're going to start beating each other up uh, a little bit? And, you know, you saw how tough a time Georgia State gave Louisiana. Um, they're going to kind of beat each other up. And then Appalachian State lost to Marshall. And that that took care of their ranking right there. So there's not a lot of room for a, a quality loss even. What do you think? Yeah, there's, you know, there is a little bit of history of, of teams in the Sun Belt pulling the upset here and there and then not going out uh, the next week and, and validating it. And uh, um, the Cajuns were able to do that, but it, you know, it took them, took them a little bit of work. Um, you know, like Billy Napier, the coach of Cajuns, talked about, you know, nobody's going to remember that you – that you beat uh, Iowa State if you turn around and go and you lose to to Georgia State. Um, that's something that teams in the Sun Belt have have right. always, you know, dealt with. So, uh, and I, I would be uh, not doing my job if I didn't mention that Georgia Southern, since moving up, they have beat uh, beaten uh, Florida a few years ago. They've given tough times to team, and they've beaten Appalachian State, a ranked Appalachian State team, two straight years both in Boone, North Carolina, and in Statesboro. So, like you talk about uh, getting ranked and then losing that ranking, uh, well, the, the team that hasn't, hadn't been ranked since 1943 is still ranked in both major polls. And uh, what should we expect? We've got a few minutes here. What should you? What do we expect uh, on this Saturday? Let me just, uh, I guess, jump in and talk a, a little bit more about Georgia Southern uh, for people that hadn't uh, been able to keep up or it's just been such a blur. Uh, Georgia Southern opened the season September 12th at home against Campbell, the Fighting Camels of Campbell. They were supposed to play um, Boise State in Idaho to start the season, but that didn't happen when Boise State's conference, uh, the Mountain West, uh, delayed any games until a certain date in September, and that pushed that that date to uh, not happening. So they played Campbell, and about three hours before the game, they announced 33 inactive players. That's three three inactive players for various reasons, the reason that jumps out is uh, maybe a positive test or more multiple positive tests for COVID-19. There was not disclosed how many, but more more to what Coach Chad Lunsford said is contact tracing, where even if you have a negative test, if you've been exposed to someone, anyone, not, not necessarily a, a student athlete or a student, but just anyone with a positive test, you're quarantined for 14 days. Then you throw in, you know, the normal football injuries and suspensions and coach's discretion because he didn't feel like players were ready to play maybe because they had been quarantined and hadn't been preparing and conditioning as they would like. So you have 33 players out. They squeaked by Campbell, which uh, we could talk about more, more uh, in depth, but basically they got off to a very flat start, which I think Louisiana team can relate to, got to a very flat start. Campbell raced out to a, a 14, uh, well, actually a 13, three lead, then a 20 to six lead. And Georgia Southern did not lead until uh, the fourth quarter, 27 to 20. And then they held on when Campbell went for two in the last uh, 15 seconds, missed the two-point conversion, didn't get the, uh, the onside kick, unlike the Cowboys against the Falcons. Uh, they did not get the onside kick, and Georgia Southern held on. Then this past week, September 19th, I'm talking fast here, but September 19th, just Saturday, Florida Atlantic was supposed to come to Statesboro and play another non-conference game, a conference USA versus Sunbelt game. And uh, they had all week been dealing with the possibility of an outbreak of COVID-19. And when, when, by the time Friday rolled around the number of positive tests, they felt that they could not bring a proper team on the road to Statesboro and um, postpone the game. They're going to try to reschedule it. So Georgia Southern 
did not get to clean up a lot to quote coach speak. They did not get to clean up a lot of things that did not go right that first week. So their second game is going to be against a ranked Louisiana team in Lafayette. Not exactly your ideal setting. If you're trying to clean up a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of of, uh, offensive line or defensive line, or actually the defensive secondary is the big issue. We're taping this on Tuesday. They announced Monday that they expect most of the players who are out that first game, most of them to be back. So whether that means 15 out of our 17 out of 33 or more than that, uh, we'll see. But um, anyway, what do you expect, uh, Tim, on Saturday from, from Louisiana, having seen them play twice already? Well, like I said, they have offensive line issues that they need to clean up some things there. They've talked about communication issues. Um, they did get their, their air game going a little bit. Uh, their team that's missing four injured receivers who uh, – uh, would be rotation regulars um, if they hadn't got hurt uh, all all preseason. Um, but they got two true freshmen who are guys to really look out for, Dante Fleming and Kyron Lacey. We've kind of been thrust into it a little early, but uh, both look like they could turn into into something special uh, down the road. And, and then we got that, um, you know, ground game that I talked about with Elijah Mitchell and Trey Regis and, and Chris Smith and any one of those three are capable of breaking out big runs. So they're going to try and get that going, of course. And then, you know, you went over the COVID numbers. The Cajuns are dealing with a little bit similar situation. Look, they weren't even supposed to play Iowa State. That was a game that was kind of hastily uh, – thrown together in the last month uh, or so. Um, they lost all four of their originally scheduled non-conference opponents, um, including Missouri that they were supposed to go to later in the season. But uh, they ended up going to Georgia State without at least nine guys who were out for COVID-related uh, reasons, either uh, testing or contact tracing. Um, they have not yet said uh, how many they plan to be without, if any, against Georgia Southern. So that'll always kind of be the little X factor there, the wait to be, I think, as it will be for, unfortunately, the rest of 2020 yeah. and who knows how far beyond. I think you've touched on something that I, I want to bring up. Um, it's it's uh, it's something we haven't really had to go through before. If, if, if you can think back to a normal football season, let's say 2019, which was what, seven, eight years ago? Uh, no. Obviously, last season, but but uh, when somebody like say your starting quarterback gets hurt, people will say whether you want to call it an excuse or a reason of why the offense would struggle uh, in a most normal normal situations. You take out a key player, whether it's a, a, star, a starting running back or, or lineman or wide receiver or quarterback, and the offense is going to you know go down a notch until it can figure it out. And the same would be true on special teams or particularly on defense. Uh, when I'm when I talk about Georgia Southern specifically, because they went into the season opener or what became the season opener against Campbell without their two all conference cornerbacks who had graduated or where they were seniors in 2019. Uh, Kendall Vildor is uh, with the Chicago Bears. Um, and Travis Brinson was an also he was uh, he was a third teamer, I believe. And Kendall was a first teamer and like a defensive player of the year. So those were big losses. Uh, and then just like any team has turnover with seniors or players moving on, going to the transfer portal, usually players that are not playing a lot do that. But um, anyway, they were going to be thin or, or, or inexperienced on, on the defensive secondary to begin the season. And then they lost guys from that, that depth chart. So instead of using it as an excuse, 
uh, Coach Chad Lunsford said it was an opportunity for other guys to step up. Their number was called, and they uh, they had ten players start their first college football game, and then fifteen played in their first college football game. I think those numbers are pretty high when you consider uh, how many starters you normally would give you want to count special teams, say 14 or 15 starters, but they were missing uh, some key players. And you mentioned some of the guys that uh, the Raging Cajuns are missing. Uh, and uh, one of them for George Southern is Wesley Kennedy, the third, he's a, a running back and kick and punt returner and their kick and punt return game uh, was not great on uh, against Campbell. In fact, they fumbled the opening kick off of the second half when they were already down and it kind of, it could have really turned the momentum permanently towards Campbell, but somehow they re, after giving up a touchdown on that short field after the fumble, they managed to um, show a lot of uh, uh, fortitude to come back. And uh, they still have Shy Wirtz, who's the quarterback, and he runs the ball uh, uh, and he, he passes the ball okay, but he's not – he didn't have to do a lot of deep throws. They didn't, they didn't play from behind uh, too much, but – in in sense of the, their style of offense, they still stuck to the option and run first, run second, probably run third. Uh, if they get behind against a, a quality team like Louisiana, I don't know if they've got the personnel right now playing at their peak to play catch up. But we'll see what happens. But did you feel like Louisiana being behind, playing from behind against Georgia State, showed something about what they're about? Well, well, certainly they they did. They were they were down fourteen. Uh, twice mm-hmm. and uh, and they managed to get it together and look they got uh, defensive issues as well they played at Georgia State without uh, their starting jack linebacker uh, Joe Dillon they said he was out with an illness yeah. they did not specify uh, on that um, uh, they were playing their first game of the season with uh, one of their starting defensive linemen uh, who's a terrific one Zion Hill he had some offseason Shoulder surgery and missed the game up at, at Iowa State. They're playing with a, a new starting uh, Mike linebacker. Um, Lorenzo McCaskill has been their top tackler the last two uh, two games. Uh, they were without uh, one of their starting cornerbacks, A.J. Washington, who was out wow. for, uh, we determined, COVID reasons. Um, uh, we don't know if he'll be back yet or not. So, uh you know, there's there's similar uncertainty, and it's going to be that way for everybody because of the craziness of this the rest of the year. You know, I was listening to one of the uh, Sunbelt coaches on the conference calls on Monday, and it was, and don't hold me to it, I want to say Texas State could be wrong on that, but in any event, whichever one it was, was talking about how because of, I think it was COVID-related or COVID and or injury-related, they were down to three defensive linemen in their last game, and all three of them were nose guards. And they just kind of had to make do. Um, it's There's going to be craziness like that that's going to, I think, affect the outcome of games uh, on and right. off here the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to write off the season, and certainly the, the Big Ten is not uh, of that mindset. And I guess maybe not the Pac-12. By the time people hear this, the Pac-12 may decide something, maybe by Friday. Uh, Tim, we're, we're actually run out of time. You, I really thank you for uh, coming in here and, and uh, being the, 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 uh, a great guest for the show. Uh, I, I appreciate people listening, uh, and uh, we're going to try to do the George Southern Extra podcast every week. And hopefully we're talking about games that are played and not games that were postponed. Uh, Tim, any, any uh, predictions or last words about uh, this Saturday's game? 
My prediction is I will not predict anything for the rest of 2020 <laughs> because predictions are silly in these crazy times. <laughs> My that's only prediction. I, that's that, I think you're going to be. I predict you were correct. How about that? Um, so yeah, that uh, yeah, it's uh, you don't know what team is going to be on the field and what kind of shape they're in, and who's who's the long snapper or who's playing tight end, or 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 what have you. There's just a lot of uh, moving and moving parts and the coaches are staying up even later than normal uh, to figure these things out. Uh, Tim Buckley, thanks very much for the, the uh, being a, a, a terrific guest. And, and once again, everybody, thanks for listening to Georgia Southern Extra. Have a great week. Oh, yeah. Adrian Peterson is taking care of things right now.